section of Acts chapter 4. If your Bibles are open, it's right there, or you can follow along on the screens. Acts 4, 32 through 36. All the believers were in one heart and one mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold the field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. So as we begin and look at this scripture, I want you to notice a couple things. And the first one is uh, God is always in the habit of confirming his message with miracles. Uh, we've said that in previous messages in this series, but God, God pro- when we proclaim God's message, the truth contained in the in the word that Jesus is alive, God shows up and confirms that message with miracles. But the second thing I want you to notice is that sometimes those miraculous signs and wonders are very, very practical in nature. It says that God's people were generous and gave, and that all the people, there was no one without any need. Sometimes those miracles are amazing. And somebody that was lame for 40 years walks. Sometimes God's people are generous and take care of our people. Both places are good. I, I, I mention that because sometimes, I think all of us, don't we, we pray for God to do the miraculous a lot. Uh, I do the same thing. I, I, w- I pray that that God would turn my wife's titanium joints back into joints. Uh, I, I pray that, that God would allow her the grace and the power through that healing to run again, like I know she loves to do. Some days, I, I pray that God would just put her arthritis in remission, and that he wouldn't cause any more pain or damage in her body. God is able to do those things and more. One day I believe he will, whether it's in this life or the next. But don't dismiss the very practical working of the Holy Spirit in our lives on a daily basis. God is still at work. Just because God isn't answering my to-do list in my way does not mean that the Holy Spirit is not at work in the life of my wife. God uses this church just like generosity, and even through the family care fund that we have here. More than 100 families are helped every single month because of the food bank. And, and ladies like Joyce and Bruce and Val and it, Joe, and they serve people here every single month. And God's people are generous. This past week, uh, I today, we, we are going to hit over $300,000 towards the capital campaign. We're on target for that uh, with the 
jump that's coming in every week. Today, we will cross that bridge. And that is awesome. God's people are generous about showing Jesus to other people. The Spirit is using us to leave a legacy of faith for generations that will come after us. I believe that God wants us to fearlessly speak the truth that Jesus is Lord I believe Jesus wants to, us to obey the Spirit, whether the things He calls us to do are absolutely crazy to us or so practical that it almost seems silly that God would speak a word for us to do those things. In the early church, both those crazy, amazing, this guy that couldn't walk for 40 years got healed and the very practical believers shared their possessions and no one believed where place. God wants us to do the same thing as a church. I want to jump into chapter 5. Uh, we've been following what happened uh, after Peter and John raised a man that couldn't walk for 40 years and his legs were strengthened and he was dancing and praising God. But not everybody was happy. The, the religious leaders threw them in jail uh, they were questioned, and then Peter and John were commanded never to speak in the name of Jesus again. Well, that didn't stop Peter and John at all. They went right back out and spoke more boldly. I want to pick up with Acts 5, 17 through 19 this morning. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and let them sleep. <laughs> a a get-out-of-jail-free card. But what does the angel then tell them to do? Acts 5.20. Go, stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life, this new life in Jesus. It's not time. I just busted you out of jail, but it's not time for you to get out of Dodge. It's time to go show people Jesus and tell them about the resurrected Lord again. Here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to watch as these apostles obey fearlessly what the Holy Spirit told them. Because I think we need to learn some of the same lessons that they learned today. Because the effects are the same. Whenever you obey the leading of the Spirit you will face certain circumstances. So here they are. What we can expect when we obey fearlessly. Number one, fearless obedience usually triggers opposition. Everybody say, opposition. Very good. Verse 18 says that they were arrested and put in public jail. Well, that's, that's opposition. That's not just somebody arguing with you. That's, I will lock you up and throw you away. Now, if you have been here through the entire series, you know that this is the second time that the apostles were arrested for speaking about Jesus. And I think as Americans, we kind of think this is just wrong, right? Because we believe in the freedom of speech, and we're like, hey, it's a free country. They should be able to say whatever they want. Well, no, it really wasn't a free country, right? And they couldn't say whatever they wanted. But more than more than just that, I think sometimes we feel like God should have stepped in in this situation. 
Spirit said, go, stand in the public square, and tell people about Jesus. Shouldn't, shouldn't there be like some kind of hedge of protection around that? Like they're going and doing God's work. I mean, admit it. Don't, don't you kind of think if you're following Jesus, doing the right thing, trying your best, that you really shouldn't come up against it, that somehow God should protect us from these things? You know, I'm a good person. I shouldn't deal with this. I, I gave up my parking spot at Walmart, the one that was right next to the door, that, that I prayed for as I as I drove to Walmart. It, for that, And I gave it to some old lady. Nothing bad should happen to me. I should find, like, sales on all the items that I'm shopping for. Uh, I shouldn't lose my job. I, I, my kids shouldn't get sick. The pirates should go undefeated this year because I'm reading my Bible every day. Then good. I bet I'll get straight A's in school because I'm trying to show people Jesus. We tend to think like that. And the proof of that is when something bad happens, many of us feel like like God's slapping us across the face because we don't expect to face that Somebody should have an amen to that. I'll I'll say it again because you probably missed it. If you are not ready to face opposition, you are not ready to be used by God. That's a little bit true. In my life, I'm telling you, and I'm sure it's true in your life too, whenever God is doing something big, kingdom work through you, you will face opposition. This past week was no different. Opposition, opposition, opposition. This church has had on its heart showing more people Jesus since before this current building was even erected. Pastor Bonnie handed me this set of plans. Uh, They are from 1985. That's over 20 years ago. And on this set of plans, even before this current building was ever erected, there are four phases of construction on this project. The people of God at New Salem, have always longed to show more people Jesus. This current building was never was never meant to be the end. There's four, I'll let you look at this after the service, there's, there's four different phases of construction on this because they were passionate about showing people Jesus. The vision team here has faced hurdle after hurdle. The first bank dropped the ball. Gates had to be moved. People along the way have opposed it. I can't tell you the, the, the people that have come up to me. There hasn't been a lot, but some people have come up to me and said, why do you, the church is fine just the way it is. Why, why do you want to change it? Why would you want to get any bigger than we are right now? I don't know. Maybe maybe these people are going to hell. And, and God, God called us to do something always been a risky proposition. Jesus entrusted his own people 
That was Jesus' plan. For the gospel to spread all over the earth. God's plan that you would come to faith rested with 12 men 2,000 years ago. God's plan is not changed. The generations that will come to faith after, God's hope is not changed. Your sharing the faith, your showing people Jesus, your saying to someone, Jesus Christ raised from the dead, and his death and resurrection means your sins can be forgiven, and that you can have the a life you can't imagine, that even though things are going to be difficult, that God will walk with you through the trials, and one day your hope will be realized and life continually lifts up No more suffering. No more pain. No more drama that is so present with this life. God will be with you. matter whether God calls you to go to Jamaica or pray for somebody's healing or sell a field or sell a house and give it to the apostles or something practical like standing with a friend in the parking lot or bringing someone a meal Jesus waits on you. Every significant yielding of your life to God will bring more opposition. You can enter it in your phone. You can put it on your day planner. If you obey God, you will face I'm not, I'm not trying to scare you. I don't even want you to worry about it. I'm just trying to be honest. But what should worry you about? Is this will you feel faced? Does it feel suffering or losing your house because you didn't stick to a budget or deal with the financial situation at hand or you're getting bad grades because you refuse to study. That's not opposition. That's consequences for bad choices. But if you make the decision to get out of that, sell your car, drive some bunker, downsize your house, you will face opposition. Your friends are going to say, what in the world are you doing? Everybody's in debt. What, why would you want to go through life without the finer things? You just keep racking up the debt. You can de- declare bankruptcy later. That's opposition. Or let's say you, you don't let your kids participate in sports on Sunday. Because in your mind, worship is more important than sports. And everybody's like, well, but if you don't let little Junior play in the flag hockey league, he won't make the Olympic team. Pastor Steve, you got to let your kid participate in sports on Sunday. That's opposition. Or, or let's say you've made, like, a career out of dating jerks. You're, you're a jerk magnet. And you feel like God is calling you to take a break from dating and just focus on Jesus for a while and get your heart and your life in the right place, you're going to face opposition. Your friends are going to call and say, hey, we're going to the club. 
and you sh- you're going to say, I need a break uh, from dating. <laughs> just All these jerks have worn me out, and I need to get my heart and life and focus on Jesus. And they're going to go, well, that's weird. Uh, I hope you like being single. Don't worry. fearlessly obey, you'll see God's miracles. Look again at verse 19. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Now, Luke, if you remember who who wrote this, is a doctor. He's one of those scientific minds. And he writes this so matter-of-factly, like an angel showed up, let him out of jail. And be honest, now, if this happened to you, uh, wouldn't you freak out just a little bit? If this happened to me, I would be like, you are not going to believe this. Like this glowing dude showed up at the jail, like flaming sword armor, let me out. I'd be pulling out my phone, taking pictures of me and the angel, you know, posting one. You are not. Luke, Luke is just like, hey, an angel showed up, let us out of jail. Uh, Why why isn't this more amazing to, to Luke than that? Because when you walk. it every single day. And if the thought of God showing up in response to your fearless obedience doesn't get you excited, um, you need help. This this is exciting stuff. God shows up when we obey Him. I'm not saying that nothing that ever goes on in your life, because like Peter and James are in jail, right? (laughs) Um, Something went wrong. But in the middle of that bad day, God showed up in a big, big way. Somehow that always motivates when we obey God and trust Him. It, it probably should. Uh, when we see God at work, it should be normal to our fearless obedience. It's kind of like that trust fall that many of the youth experience when they're at church camp. If you want to see the upholding power of the group of your friends, that you have to kind of fall back. And the same thing is true with God. If you want to see God at work, you have to take a step of faith. When we display fearless obedience, God will display fearless miracles. So, number one, fearless obedience always triggers opposition. Number two, when we step out in fearless obedience, we will see God's Number three, every act of fearless obedience will reflect God. I think that the, the leading of the Holy Spirit and obeying His voice gets easier the more we do it. And I think as believers, we, we, we get to discern that still, small voice, and we, we know when God is speaking to us the more we tune our ears in to listen. Go stand in the temple court, he said, and tell the people all about this miracle. So the angel basically says, you know what put you in jail in the first place? 
go do that again. Go back and do what everybody commanded you not to do. The, the thing that landed you in jail, the thing that resulted in threats on your life, go back and do that again. Every time God calls you to obey his, you will leave obedience. Fearless to step out and obey. I feel like most people, I feel like me, <laughs> you, you want some details, right? Um, when, when God calls us to obedience, uh, we want God to lay out the plan. We, we want to be, uh, if we're not in control, we want to at least be in the know about what's going on. God doesn't often share all the details with us when he calls us to obey. The psalm says, the, the word is a lamp unto my feet. You know, like I can see the steps right in front of me, but not necessarily the big picture. God told Noah, build an ark. And everybody remembers the, the Bill Cosby Right. What's an ark? He was on dry land. He he wasn't anywhere near the sea. He didn't know what an ark was. God told Noah, it's going to rain. Noah didn't know what rain was. Up until that time, if you read Genesis, the water came up out of the ground. But Noah built an ark of obedience, not knowing the details. God is not always going to give us the details of the big picture. He, He told Abraham, Go to a land that I will show you. And Abraham was credited with righteousness because he left, not knowing where he was going. That's faith. God's not always going to give us the details. It's scary sometimes to walk in obedience. I don't know. Maybe maybe God thinks that if he gave us all the details, it would scare us. And we wouldn't move. Or maybe God just wants to see wondering, how, how, how do I get started? How, how do I start obeying the voice of God? Boy, and I think that the best answer to that question is start reading the Bible and apply it to get our lives to line up with the spoken word of God. Start reading. If we, if we match our fearless obedience with this book, it, there will be enough life transformation. God, God will lead. There will be many acts of fearless obedience. But you will see the miracles of God as you see them. There's a couple in this church that uh, stepped out in faith believing that God wanted them to start tithing. And they they stepped out of faith that it wasn't something that they were in the habit of doing. But later, uh, they shared with me that that the husband got uh, a new job where he was making a tremendous amount more money. They didn't start tithing thinking that God was going to do that. They just were trying to get their lives to line up with the Word of God. But see, when we step out in faith, we see the miracles of God. That's It takes faith to tithe. Some of you will take that step. Some of you will, will start a connect group because it takes faith to step out in obedience and follow that call. Some of you might start serving in some ministry here at church. Uh, Josie would be thrilled if you came up to her after the service and said, all right, God's been speaking to me. I'm supposed to serve on the guest services team, or I'm supposed to count on Sunday morning, or God's calling me to help with growth. Some of you are going to step out 
faith to stay cool. Each step of obedience will require faith. Yes, it gets easier the more you do it, but it always requires faith. Acts 5.21, at daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people. That's, that's awesome. They, they, they didn't wait. They didn't delay. When the sun came up and people were about, they started teaching people again about Jesus. Write this down. Delayed obedience is discipline. Partial obedience is disobedience. When God speaks to our hearts, we must obey that voice. If it's crazy, it doesn't even sound possible. If it's so practical, it's like, why would God call me to give $3 to this guy? Obey him. Acts 5.27. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgiveness and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things. And so the Holy Spirit, whom God has whom God has given to those who obey him. Everybody say, we must obey God. One more time, we must obey God. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would make that our prayer this morning, that however you're speaking to our hearts, that that our lives would reflect we must obey God. We must obey you rather than the wishes of men. We must rather obey you than, than ourselves, God. Help us to speak fearlessly about what we believe you to be. Help us to pray big, fearless prayers, Jesus. Help us to obey. Even if we face opposition, help us, Jesus, to worry more about the May we see your miracles as we proclaim your message spoken from our very own lips. As we're praying this morning, if you feel the need to be more fearless in your obedience, if God is calling you to to take a step in that direction, whether it's to read his word or to make reconciliation with some individual, if God is calling you to fearlessly obey this morning, would you lift your hand? God, as we obey you this morning, as we act on what you are speaking to our hearts this morning, I pray that we would see your miracles at work in our lives and in the lives of others. God, help us to keep praying boldly that that people might come to know you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, restore relationships. We pray, God, for an obedience of heart. 
Son, and the Holy Ghost. And all God's people said,